She's a small wonder. I'd like you both to meet Vicky. A child unlike other girls. And that's a real kid, right? No, no, it's a robot. Made of plastic. Microchips here and there. You're my voice input child identical. The ICI, I, I pronounce it Vicky. everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of She's a Small Wonder, a Small Wonder podcast. How's everyone doing? I hope you had a good August. We're in the final week of August here. And it's time to talk about an episode of Small Wonder. Small Wonder Season 1, Episode 10. We've made it finally to the double digits. And we have a return of the Brindle family. All of them. Brandon, Bonnie... Harriet, in the adoption. When nosy Mrs. Brindle reports the Lawsons to child services for not having Vicky enrolled in school. Uh, can she do that? <laughs> the Lawsons rush to forge adoption papers, but their plan gets complicated when a doctor's exam is required on their robot. Oh boy, oh boy. This episode actually is the highest rated so far of season one on IMDb. It's an 8.0 out of 10 based on 21 ratings. That is really, really good. This episode was directed by John Bowab. B-O-W-A-B. So Bowab. Writers Adrian Armstrong, written by, also written by Mitzi McCall and Howard Leeds. So before I get into this episode, I want to let you all know where you can go follow along with the podcast. This She's a Small Wonder podcast does have a Facebook page on She's a Small Wonder, a Small Wonder podcast. And there you'll find out about upcoming episodes. And if you follow the LBOM Wonder Years podcast, which stands for Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast on Instagram... You will find information for upcoming Small Wonder episodes there as well. Not to mention Mr. Belvedere, Growing Pains, Full House, of course, The Wonder Years, which I've completed all six seasons of that. They are in the back catalog, if you want to call it that, on SoundCloud. Unfortunately, with iTunes, they only seem to have like halfway through season three, if not just starting at four. So if you want to start the podcast from the beginning with the Wonder Years, you'll have to go through the SoundCloud account. Or the SoundCloud app, excuse me. Also, if you'd like to send me an email, I would love to hear from you. We could talk TV shows. You can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's jump right into this episode. So the episode opens up in the kitchen. It's breakfast time. Jamie is trying to eat his oatmeal, which he spits right out. It's like, ugh, this tastes like glue. Of course, there's a knock at the door. Who could it be? It's Harriet. And she's like, got her books and Trapper Keeper and everything. She's like, oh, hi, Jamie. He's like, hi, Harriet. And Harry's like, hi, Vicky. And Vicky, of course, repeats what Jamie said in the same inflection. Hi, Harriet. And Jamie's like, oh, is that gift for me? And Harriet says, no, it's for my mother. And I'm like, then why the fuck are you bringing it into my house? I hate how Harriet just makes herself at home. Like, 
get out of my... I don't like Harriet. I, I'm pretty sure I made that distinctly clear. Oh, she wants to hide the gift in his house. Oh, if your mom's as nosy as you are, Harriet, maybe... Go hide it in your backyard. I'm sure she won't find it there. So Harriet says, I can't hide it in my house. And Jamie's like, why not? And Harriet says, well, because my mom will find it. She's nosier, nosier than I am. Like, no shit. That's where you get it from, kid. <laughs> oh, Vicky, I gotta play this clip. Because Harriet says, oh... My mother's got a bigger nose than me. And Vicky says, if your nose was as big as your mother's, you'd be top heavy and topple over or something like that. If your nose were as big as your mother's, you'd be top heavy and fall on your face. <laughs> but Al, Vicky, how about it, Jamie? If you hide this for me, I'll do you a favor sometime. Promise. Yeah. If I'm lying, I'm dying. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll hide the present in that cupboard over there. My mother sure hard to buy presents for. She has terrible taste and a weird body. <laughs> what is by your mother for your mother's birthday, Vicky? I don't have a mother. Oh, then what do you buy your father for his birthday? You are wrong, Harriet. Your nose is bigger than your mother's. <laughs> Hi! Ugh, Hi, no Jamie. Way. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Mrs. Brindle. Harriet, uh, what are you doing in here? You're going to be late for school. I was just going, Mother. I, uh, I thought Jamie might invite me to breakfast. Oh, Harriet, how rude. Here I am trying to bring you up with good manners. You keep taking after your father. Like you. <laughs> so Jamie agrees to hide the present because Harriet will eventually one day do him a favor. And I'm like, my favor is going to be you never grace our doorstep with your presence again. Can that be my favor? Thank you. Ugh. So, of course, Harriet asks, what do you get your mother for her birthday, Vicky? Vicky's like, I don't have a mother. So Harriet's like, well, then what do you get your father for his birthday? And before Vicky can answer, Jamie's like, all right, you know what? I'll, I'll take care of this present. Just go away. Bonnie, of course, comes in like, oh, Harriet, I was looking for you. You're going to be late for school. And, of course, Harriet has to make up a lie about, oh, I was hoping Jamie would invite me to breakfast. And Bonnie's like, oh, well, that's rude. I'm trying to bring you up with good manners. You're acting just like your father. I'm like, uh, no, I think he's acting, she's acting like you. So Bonnie, of course, starts straightening Harriet's hair ribbons. And Joan comes in. It's like, oh, I didn't know we had company. Like, why are you in my house? I didn't invite you. So Bonnie tells Harriet to head off to school. And Joan's like, well, Jamie, you can go with Harriet. Go on. Like, you can take her. Like, uh, no. So Jamie offers to carry Harriet's books for him. So that way he can hide the, his face with them. So that way no one sees that he's with Harriet. And, of course, Bonnie gets this look on her face. Like, what? So Joan comes up with the family. Oh, well, actually, he he's always making jokes. That's just who Jamie is. Oh, yeah, Joan says he's always making jokes. He really adores Harriet. And Bonnie, like, looks around the kitchen with her eyes and says, Oh, I wonder why. But Joan wants to get Bonnie out of there and says, Oh, can I help you with something, Harriet? Or not Harriet. Oh, my goodness. I mean Bonnie. 
Bonnie, can I help you with something? And Bonnie's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, I just was looking through my window and saw Harriet over here, and I thought I'd come over. Of course, Vicky uses this time to repeat what Harriet said, saying that Bonnie, uh, Harriet's as nosy as her mother, and her mother has a bigger nose. <laughs> yes! I'm going to play this, because... I love it. She doesn't mean to be insulting, but it comes up at the most hilarious times with Vicky. I love you, Vicky. I love you, girl. Harriet said her mother's as nosy as she is, and she has a bigger nose. <laughs> Harriet said that. Oh, yeah. If I'm lying, I'm dying. <laughs> you know, Harriet was always a lovely child until she started to talk. <laughs> Isn't uh, Vicky going to school today? Uh, no. What? Well, Vicky, why aren't you going to school? Get out of my house. That's not in my memory bank. What's that supposed to mean? None of your business. You know, kids nowadays with their computer talk. So, here we go with the whole, why isn't Vicky in school? Vicky says, that's not in my memory bank. And... Bonnie, who was supposed to be leaving, pulls out a chair and sits down and starts talking to Vicky and wondering why isn't she in school. Of course, now Ted comes in and now he's got to be taking questions from Bonnie about why little Vicky is not in school. I'm like, lady, get out of my house. You've asked enough questions for a good year, so leave. So Joan kind of fills Ted in about what's going on and says, oh, I was just explaining to Bonnie here how we're taking care of Vicky's education at home. Basically, they're homeschooling her, which probably was easier to do back in the early 80s than it is now because there's a lot more required behind it. So I'm going to play this clip. Bonnie, of course, has to open her big fucking mouth like, Oh, I know it's none of my business, but I don't think it's right you just teaching Vicky here at home. Bitch, it's not your fucking business. Get the hell out of their house. Who are you? This woman clearly doesn't work for a living. But then again, Joan's a housewife too. But at least she's going to go back and get her teaching degree. What are you going to do, Bonnie? I know, guys, a lot of Bonnie hate. I'm sorry, but I can't stand this woman. She would never be allowed in my house. Oh, hi, Bonnie. Well, good morning, Dad. I was just about to explain to Bonnie that we're taking care of Vicky's education at home temporarily. Yes, that's right. Well, not that it's any of my business, but I don't think it's right. Oh, I agree. See, he agrees I'm right. No, I agree it's none of your business. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Ted. Get little joke, Bonnie. <laughs> little joke, Bonnie. <laughs> well, you know, I certainly don't mean to pry. I just have this natural curiosity. You know, Mr. Brindle, he swears that I was a cat in a former life. <laughs> oh. oh, well, bye. Or should I say, meowing? <laughs> Now, what are we going to do about Vicky? People keep on asking questions, and we're running out of answers. We're getting suspicious. Yeah, you're right, honey. If anybody finds out she's a robot before she's perfected, well, there goes my invention. Well, let's face it, Ted. She needs some more programming. She's a woman without a past. 
I'm a woman without a past. I'll come home from work a little early and take care of that. Ah, oh, good. Well, what do I do in the meantime about Mrs. Brindle, the curious cat lady? Put a saucer of milk by the door. <laughs> I love Ted. It's like, well, yeah, I agree, Bonnie. Yeah, I agree that it's none of your business. No, please leave. And she does, thank goodness, and how she says Brandon thinks that she was a cat in another life or something because she's so nosy and crap. So she does leave, and I'm like, lock that door. Lock it. But apparently Bonnie's not the only one snooping around asking questions about Vicky, why she's not in school, what's wrong with her, where are her parents, because they're still under the guise of, uh, that she is Jamie's cousin. She's, you know, also their niece. So she, Ted's got to invent, like, a little past history with Vicky and everything like that. Which, yeah, you probably... If he can do it and give her, like, a little backstory, that would probably be helpful. You know what I'm thinking of? Um, the episode of The Twilight Zone called The Lateness of, of the Hour. Let me get this up. Yeah, The Twilight Zone, The Lateness of the Hour. The, the daughter of an inventor objects to their perfect home where they are waited on by mechanical servants. Um, if you don't want to hear the ending of this story, you might want to skip ahead of, like, 10, 15 seconds. What happens is it is revealed that, so all the mechanical servants are going to be dismantled, right? And the thing about it is, is the father programmed all these people with, like, a past, you know, a backstory about how they grew up and this and that. And Jana, who is the daughter of the the inventor, one day she's looking through pictures in the album, and she just notices there's no pictures of her as a child. And she asks about it, like, I'm basically the same age in all of these pictures. You have no pictures of me when I was a kid. Um, skip ahead, like, 30 seconds, 15 seconds, what have you. Want to know why they don't have any pictures of her as a child? Because she's a robot. They invented, they created her because they couldn't have children. The, the inventor and his wife could not have a child. So they created this girl with an entire backstory filled with memories of being a child and this and that. Boom. So, yeah. It's actually, um... The Twilight Zone radio dramas, we have a couple CDs of them that we got when we worked at the video store. I listen to them every October, and they're really, really good. They're put on by Stacey Keach, and I have different, I think Jane Seymour does the one for the lateness of the hour, and it's really, really good. I, I just really enjoy it, but... Yeah, that's one of those that comes right straight off. But then again, as you're going along in the story, you probably start to realize, like, something's not adding up here. Like, yeah, why are there no pictures of her as a child? And the fact that she says she will... They've never left the house. And she's saying, we can go out to eat and everything. We're always in this house. Let's go out. One day I can go out and meet a man and get married and have a child. And the mother... 
uh, Gianna's mother just starts bawling her eyes out like she doesn't know. Gianna doesn't know that she's uh, not human. So, Because at one point towards the end, Gianna like rips part of her skin off or gets a cut or something. And it's like she's all metal like Terminator underneath. So, yeah. Definitely check it out. I think that the Twilight Zone, I think it's on... Hulu and maybe also Netflix. Okay, so now Ted's had time to adjust, make adjustments, put in a little backstory. Also about where she was created, which is, what, an island in Victoria or something to that effect. I don't know where that is. Couldn't you just say she lives somewhere in the damn states? Omaha, Nebraska, Kansas... Somewhere, I don't know. Didn't they tell Bonnie or somebody she lived in, like, the Appalachians or something? I'm not sure. I'm going to play this clip as we hear the backstory that Ted feeds to Vicky into her memory bank. Okay, Vicky, turn around. Let's give this a try. Where were you born? I was born on the island of Mahé in the capital city of Victoria. That's why I'm called Vicky Mahe? <laughs> Where's that? Yeah, really. Mahe is an island 1,000 miles east of Africa. Excuse me? Why have her born in such a remote place? Yeah. Honey, the remoter the place, the better. No record of birth or anything. Huh? Oh, oh good sense. thinking. Uh, well, what about her parents? <laughs> an unfortunate accident took care of them nicely. Oh, oh I had another terrible thought. Uh, and now, what if Vicky is with us for a long time? Well, Jamie's going to start to grow, and Vicky's going to remain the same size. No, she won't. Watch. She doesn't even have to be plugged in. Got her wired for a remote. <laughs> oh, Ted, that's incredible. I can make her smaller, too. a remote place are you having her being uh be born and ted is like well the remote more remote the place the more less likely they'll be able to find records of her birth and everything and of course joan's like well what about the parents and ted of course is like well there was an unfortunate accident they're both dead um what if they someone was trying to i mean and she, Ted said it's like some remote island of, or around Africa or something to that effect. But, I mean, I get where he's going. Like, it's 1985. What? Who's really going to be going and digging for that kind of information? And who's going to have the technology to do that? Or the time to waste to do that? So, works out. Joan has another question, though, which, of course, is very understandable. Vicky is a robot, right? She's going to be with us for a long time, most likely. Jamie's going to get older. Vicky's going to stay a 10-year-old. How are we going to field that with people? When people notice she's been around for a while and she still stays the same age. 
Uh, Ted's like, oh, yeah, 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 I got that figured out. Presses a few buttons on the keyboard. And Vicky, staying the same age, her face does not grow longer. None of that. She just grows taller. And he's like, oh, look, I can take make her smaller, too. And she's the size of a little doll. And, of course, Joan's like, honey, please, put her back to normal. And you hear Vicky like, make me normal, please. And I like how Ted, like, kind of, like, tickles her chin when she's really small. And puts her back to normal. So now there is a doorbell ring. Who is at the door? It better not be Bonnie. So Mrs. Fernwall here, who's part of the development or Department of Child Welfare, Child Services, whatever you want to call it. Bonnie called her because Vicky's not in school. You dumb fucking bitch. Mind your own damn business. But no, she had to meddle because she doesn't have a job. So she's got all the time in the world to do this kind of shit. Ugh. Do they really do that? Seriously. Uh, People will make reports, but that child's not in school. Go to their house and make a report. Seriously? In 1985? Really? So I was just looking up what happens to, like, parents if their kids don't go to school. Apparently, parents can be sent to jail because their kids are, like... For their kids' truancy offenses? Like, good grief. I wonder if that gets brought up here. Like, maybe they might say it's like child negligence or something. Mrs. Lawson? Yes? I'm Mrs. Fernwald. I'm from the Department of Children's Services. I'm responding to an anonymous report of a child named Vicki who's living here and not attending school. Oh? Won't you come in, please? No. Thank you. Uh, Mrs. Fernwald, uh, this is my husband, Ted. How do you do? And that, uh, this, that is Vicki. Hmm. Uh, won't you please sit down? Oh, thank you. And uh, what is Vicki's full name? Go ahead, tell her, Vicki. My full name is Victoria Ann Smith, but I'm better known as Vicki. And when is your birthday, Vicki? I was born the 9th of September, 1975. I am a Virgo with Taurus rising. <laughs> oh, right little thing, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, you'd be amazed. Yeah. And what about her parents? Dead. Oh, it's a tragic story. An accident. It's still so vivid it seems like it happened minutes ago. May I ask what sort of accident? A train. A plane. What? <laughs> Well, you see, the, the plane fell on the train. Oh, really? Weird. <laughs> it's really very sad. It's really very sad. <laughs> She's certainly a control child. She's just all cried out. This is very traumatic for her, Mrs. Fernwald. Perhaps we could discuss this privately. Oh, yes, of course. Poor dear. Poor dear. <laughs> Why don't you go to your cabinet? Cabinet? What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, uh, cabinet. 
That's Francais for small room. Ooh la la. Ooh la la, nom de plume. I want to look this lady up and see what else she's been in. She's got a familiar face, but then again, she's probably got one of those faces that looks like other people's faces. Like, I know that person, and then you find out, well, actually, I don't. She looks like this other person that I know, right? I just looked it up. This lady's in, like, four other episodes. Oh, my God. She's in Child Genius, which is the next episode. She's in... Season two's The Shoplifter and Look Into My Eyes. And then in season three's I'll Drink to That. Is that a drinking episode? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I can't wait to get to this one. Season three, episode 19. Due to Vicky's mishandling of terms, child services officer Mrs. Fernwald thinks Ted is an alcoholic and threatens to take Vicky away unless he joins AA. Oh, my God. But I'm just trying to see if she's been in... Does anyone remember this? These things look so familiar. It's a cartoon called Hug-A-Bunch. I swear on my own life that I... Was this kid not wearing a shirt and just suspenders and a bow tie? That's nasty. Ugh. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's live. What is this? These are stuffed... These are little... Toy kids with weird puppet green people thing creatures, whatever. Um, just trying to see if she's been in anything else, like as a more than just one episode type person. And it looks like Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, don't know what that is, but she was in three episodes as Jolene. She was in the Partridge family for an episode. Uh, Bad News Bears was a TV show? Really? Oh my goodness. Do any of the original kids appear? Jack Warden plays Morris Buttermaker. Oh, that must have been Walter Matthau's character. Mino Palouse is in that. Corey Feldman? Oh my goodness gracious sake. Catherine Hicks from Seventh Heaven is also in. Oh, she played a doctor in the Bad News Bears. 26 episodes. Lasted two seasons. Best thing this woman ever did, she played woman in an episode of Wings. And she was in an episode of a show called Sister Kate, which did have Jason Priestley and uh, Miko Hughes. I remember watching an episode of this on one of those channels. It was like Channel 64 or something that played like old episodes of stuff. I don't know. Well, we got my answer. I've never seen that woman in anything other than what I'm watching right now. This lady, the way she's dressed in kind of like a, a tan, like, suit jacket, overcoat type Mary Poppins hat. She just looks like a, a stern, semi-stern, semi-person. I don't know. She's got a Mary Poppins quality, but she works for child services. Can you imagine if Mary Poppins worked for child service? I mean, she does in a way, but you know what I mean. Jay Jones outfit. Jones outfit. Oh my good golly. It looks like a pink pantsuit spaceship suit. So it looks like something you see on that show Lost in Space. I'll have to get a picture of this because this is really wow of the times. 
So the first question that Mrs. Fernwald wants to know is what Vicky's full name is. And Vicky says Victoria Ann Smith. Smith. Why Smith? It's no different than saying like Johnson or Smith or Thompson or something that is a very generic, simple last name that a bazillion people in the world have. But then again, that could probably be seen as a good thing. It's so generic that, I mean, why bother looking it up? Or it's so generic that it sounds fake? I don't know. Vicky's birthday, September 9th, 1975. She is a Virgo. Virgo! Woo! Me too, Vicky! We're Virgos together. She says she's a Virgo with Taurus rising, so she's probably close to being just on the cusp, maybe? Okay, so Virgo is between August 23 and September 22nd. Gotcha. And the fact that Vicky is so pronounced and not, I mean, what 10-year-old kid's going to know their astrological sign? The lady just kind of looks at her with a raised eyebrow like, uh, okay. And uh, uh, Mrs. Fern, Miss Fernwald is like, bright little thing, isn't she? Like, oh, you have no idea, as Ted says. So Miss Fernwald asks about the parents, and Ted right away launches into this, oh, it's a tragic story. It's so vivid in my mind, it feels like it just happened moments ago. And both Joan and Ted say, oh, plane, train, and... The lady looks at him like, well, which one is it? So Ted's like, well, it was a plane that landed on a train. Okay. Um, scratching my head at that, I'll write it down, but we might come back to that for more clarification and information later. And the way Ted says, it's really very sad, which pretty much Vicky repeats and starts bawling, so he coached her on, when I say this you will start to put on the waterworks. But she cries for like all of two seconds and immediately Goose goes back to a blank face. And the lady just kind of looks at Vicky and then at Ted Joan like, well, she's certainly a very controlled child, as in clearly you're programming this child's emotions that the fact that she only cried for all of two seconds and all of a sudden went back to just staring blankly. So Ted's like, look, this is very traumatic for Vicky. Can we please just discuss this privately? And Joan makes a mistake of Vicky, go to your cabinet. And the woman looks at her like, cabinet? And then (laughs) Joan says, so Joan's like, oh, I mean cabinet. It's French for small room. Well, that was a nice save. (laughs) So now Ted tells Miss Fernwald that her parents were their best friends. So when Vicky was born, Pat and Jim sent a letter to Ted and Joan saying that if anything happens to them, that Vicky will be given to them to take care of. And Ted, I don't know, he, he keeps adding these little... Things in here is like it's almost like he had a premonition. Ugh, really? I don't really think these government people are the ones you want to try joking with and being lighthearted. They're pretty big sticklers on things. The fact that we see this lady in the next episode and like three other episodes 
Yikes. Okay, I'm gonna play this clip because I don't know what the hell type of tale is Ted spinning here. He says that Vicky was sent to live in a convent. What? Ay ay ay! This is even Jones like Ted. Please, you're slathering this on way too much. But this lady, Miss Fernwald, is buying this shit story hook, line, and sinker. Practically, she might have some. Like, arched eyebrows and, like, curious gazes and, like, scratching the head. Like, what? I, I guess. I'll go with it. I don't know what to tell my boss, but... <laughs> he's just... It's like he's on a roll with this, like, backstory for Vicky. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, he's making it up as he goes along. So, yeah, Ted sticks with this whole nun story about, oh, when we got the letter from the nuns that Vicky's parents have been killed, well, we decided to open our home and our hearts to Vicky. And the lady is buying this damn story, hook, line, and sinker. You know, Joan at first when Ted mentioned the word nuns, like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. So I'm going to play this clip. I mean, this lady's like, oh, you too. she was very lucky to have you. And of course, you know, the per you know who placed that call. Bonnie Brindle. Had no idea about this backstory that the Lawsons created to pretty much save their ass and keep them out of jail. Which then again, I mean, I don't know. Could parents back in the 85 be sent to jail because their kids aren't going to school? Vicky was sent to live in a convent. <laughs> so when we got the letter from the nuns telling us about the accident, well, we just opened our home and our hearts to little Vicky. She was so lucky to have you. Of course, I had no idea when I received that anonymous phone call. Of course not. How could you know? I, you were just doing your job. And, and thank you so much for dropping by. Now, oh, I plans for Vicky's future. Oh, Christ. And, well, we're planning to take care of her, like her parents asked us to in their letter. Then you'll be adopting her? Of course we'll be adopting her. That's wonderful. Oh, as a matter of fact, why well, I, I think I might have a, an adoption application packet with me. What are the odds? Uh, we're in <laughs> luck. I do have one. Yeah. All you have to do is fill these out and supply the necessary documents. Yep. Oh, and of course, yeah. I'll need those letters. Letters? Yep, yep. Uh, the ones from Vicky's parents and the good nuns. Oh, they're mm. crucial to the adoption. Of course. Oh, of course. Well, we have them. They're in our safety deposit box, right, honey? Right, in the bank. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Hi, Jamie. Oh. Honey, uh, this is Mrs. Fernwald. Uh, this is our son, Jamie. Hello, Mrs. Fernwald. Why, hello, Jamie. My, what a handsome young man. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect family. <laughs> oh, isn't it wonderful, Jamie? You're going to have a little sister. A sister? Mom, are you pregnant? <laughs> oh. Jamie, as she's talking about Vicky, uh, Mrs. Fernwald is going to help us adopt her. Wink, You're wink. kidding. No, <laughs> He's overwhelmed. <laughs> well, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing a child adopted into a loving home. Well, uh, I'll be going. I'll be back tomorrow to pick up those letters. Oh, man. 
It was very nice meeting you all. Bye. 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 <laughs> so you think, like, okay, you got the story out, you can leave. As Joan, like, takes the lady by the hand, pulls her up, and the lady's like, oh, no, no, that's just that portion. We still have to talk about Vicky's future. It's like, oh, God. Ugh. And she just happens to have adoption papers with her. Wow, okay. <laughs> so yeah, this lady wants to talk about their plans for Vicky's future. And Joan's like, well, we planned on just raising her like her parents wanted us to. And this lady's the one who brings up, oh, you'll be adopting her then. And Ted and Joan are like, oh, crap. <laughs> this was not going to be a simple cut and dry visit. You know it wasn't. She has an adoption application packet with her in her purse. Just in case you know, she goes to these homes and the family just happens to have a kid they want to adopt. Like, I got one right here. Let's, let's start the paperwork. So she says you have to supply the necessary documents, probably a birth certificate and all that stuff. Also, yeah, of course she's going to need those letters that you say that the convent gave to you that were from Vicky's original parents. Yeah, they're going to want a paper trail of that. Good luck trying to figure that one out, Lawson's. Ted just says, well, they're in our safety deposit box in the bank. So we'll have to get those eventually. Jamie comes home from school and they introduce Jamie to Miss Fernwall. And she stands up like, oh, what an adorable little handsome little boy. And Jamie's like, oh, shucks. And she says, oh, I bet you're so happy to have a, your, a new sister that your family's gonna adopt or whatever. Well, no, he's, she says, I bet you're happy to have a new sister. Jamie's like, oh my gosh, mom, you're pregnant? I'm like, uh, no, she's talking about Vicky. <laughs> so Joan says, yes, she's talking about Vicky. She's gonna help us adopt her. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, go with what I'm saying, Jamie. And Jamie's like, you're kidding. And Ted just like puts a hand over his face like, okay, that's enough out of you, son. Let's not blow our cover now. So, Mrs. Fenwell, whatever her name, just excuses herself, says, I'll be back tomorrow. That's basically like a warning. I'm back tomorrow. I'll get those letters. Don't forget the letters and the documents. I need them all filled out. So Ted shuts the door. He's like, great. I think we just adopted a robot. And Jamie sits down on the couch next to Joan and says, great, Dad. How are you going to get out of this one, basically? Because Joan is now looking at that application. I can only imagine the questions and the things documents they'll need. Good luck forging all of that information. Signatures, you know, birth certificate, doctor's health, medical records, all that stuff. Inoculations, immunizations, what have you. I think we just adopted a robot. <laughs> Crazy. How are you going to do this, Dad? I mean, where are we going to get all these documents that we need for Vicky? Honey, there are places that can copy any document and make it look like the real thing. That's illegal. Yeah. Now it's just for people, not for robots. I hope so. Or we'll be making license plates that look like the real thing. <laughs> so Ted says, hey, don't worry. There are places out there that will make these documents that will look official and Joan's like yeah that's illegal and Ted says well for a real kid yes but I mean this will be for a robot 
It's totally cool. Dang. And this is 1985, not 2019. Granted, you probably could forge things a lot better back in the 80s than you could now. Alright, so now looks like we come back from commercial. Joan, Ted, and Vicky are all at the table. The paperwork is all spread out on the kitchen table. They're going through it. Jamie comes in with a baseball mitt, which a lot of the time is, we've seen him with a basketball. We've seen him with a football. Now we're seeing him with a baseball glove. I don't know. We haven't seen him with a soccer ball, and we haven't seen him with a a hockey stick or a lacrosse stick. Am I missing other... Oh, fencing. There's another one we haven't seen. Maybe they'll just keep it with the basic football, basketball, baseball thing. So simple as that, they just pro he programmed Vicky to write all of these documents up for them. Um, wouldn't they need to be notarized? Maybe? Probably? Maybe I'm reaching too much into this. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. I know. I know it's a sitcom. Just... Suspend your disbelief, or whatever they say. Suspend your disbelief. That's it. Hi, Vicky. Hi, What's going on? Oh, your father programmed Vicky to write those letters that we need. Uh, from her make-believe parents and the nuns. In different handwriting, of course. Mm. Man, she could be the world's greatest forger! <laughs> How about whipping me up a few $20 bills, Vicky? <laughs> How about me whipping up the seat of your pants, Jamie? <laughs> the documents were done in other handwriting. Are they official looking documents? I mean, the letter from the parents probably doesn't have to be. But what about the uh, the convent? Do they got the name of the convent or is it just a simple random on a piece of paper? No stationery of any kind as far as it's got to have the seal of the convent, the name, the address, the phone number, all that gookity gookity. <laughs> Jamie's like, oh, great. She's skilled in forgery. Maybe you can whip me up a couple $20 bills. We gotta get another spanking joke from Ted here where he's like, hey, how about I whip up the seat of your pants or something? Seriously, how many jokes has Ted made about wanting to spank his son? I'd say maybe at least five, if not less than five. That's five too many. I get it. It's the 80s. But I've never seen a show so far that I've covered between Silver Spoons and Punky Brewster that have mentioned a form of physically spanking your kid or whatever. It's like, whoa. I, I don't know if it's the actor or it's maybe the writers doing this. I don't know. So the doorbell rings. Let me guess. It's either going to be Harriet, Bonnie, or Mrs. Fernwall. Mrs. Fernwall, you come to the back of the house? That's nice and convenient. <laughs> of course, she's going to want it. She's bright and early wanting those documents. And she's wearing a different jacket. She's wearing a burgundy colored jacket with a different hat on. Interesting. Fernwald, I'm sorry. What was I saying? I can't remember. Fern, like the girl from Charlotte's Web, and Wald, like Walden Books. Fern Wald, gotcha. 
So she's like, oh, I hope you don't mind me coming to your back door. Your nice neighbor was so whatever. Like, oh, probably so that way Bonnie could spy would be my guess. Ugh. Um, Mrs. Fernwald. Hello. Uh, come in. <laughs> well, I hope you don't mind my coming in your back door. But your nice neighbor, Mrs. Brindle, told me you were in the kitchen. <laughs> Did she also tell you what we had for lunch? Yeah. Tomato soup and cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> we have all the papers ready, Mrs. Fernwald. The letters from Vicky's parents and from the wonderful nuns. Oh, excellent. Why, you've certainly been forging ahead. Oh! That's the correct word, forging. <laughs> well, I'll get these uh, documents filed, and you're on your way. Great. Oh, I almost forgot. To save you the trouble, I made an appointment for Vicky's physical. What? Vicky's physical? Oh, no. Oh, we have to have it. Why? Dr. Elliot works on a lot of our cases. Would tomorrow at three be convenient? Three? Dr. Elliot's quite famous in the medical profession. He makes house calls. <laughs> yes. Bye. Bye. I must have been nuts to think we could adopt a robot. Cheer up, Dad. Maybe Dr. Elliot won't notice Vicky's a robot. Won't notice? When he looks down her throat and sees microchips where her tonsils ought to be? <laughs> Maybe we ought to forget the whole thing and dismantle Vicky. Dismantle Vicky? Oh, no. Dismantle Vicky? Oh, no. <laughs> hey, I've got an idea. Why don't we dismantle Harriet instead? <laughs> so Mrs. Fernwald grabs the document and says, Oh, it looks like you've been forging ahead. And Ted, Joan, and Jamie all share a look as Vicky's like, That's the term, forging. I'm like, crap. That's what we've been doing, forging. The lady doesn't even, like, Oh, okay, whatever. Um, I got these. Oh, by the way, I made a call to a, someone, a physician who handles our caseload. So he'll be making a house call because she has to have a physical. Wow, really? Oh, shit. Well, so she leaves, and then Ted's like, crap, how did I not think of this? Because it's like, how are we? He thinks, well, I, I'm i going to have to dismantle her, because once the doctor sees that Vicky's a robot, you know, when he looks down her throat and sees microchips where tonsils should be, it's like, we're all screwed. So, yeah, this is not good. Poor Jerry Ceprian. The fact that he had to be dressed up in a dress like Vicky. They haven't even met this doctor yet. And luckily for them, this doctor's going to be very nearsighted like he can't see. So I guess Jamie's also going to have to imitate like Vicky's voice or a female voice or something. Or maybe it won't even matter. Yikes. This is not going to go over well. And Jamie looks royally pissed. How much did you have to pay him to put that dress on? Not just the actor, of course. Well, he's getting paid regardless. But the character. Either Ted paid him or he threatened to spank him. I don't know which. Maybe both. Well, no, maybe. I don't know. Oh, Jamie, you look so cute. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
You said you'd do anything to save Vicky. Yeah, okay. But how about easing my embarrassment with a raise in my allowance? Yeah, really. I just gave you a raise ten minutes ago. Yeah, I know, but that was before I looked at myself in the mirror. Right, here we go. Go to your cabinet. Right. Uh <laughs> Not you, Vicky. Move. Okay. Mrs. Lawson? Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Elliott? Indeed. Oh, well, good, come on in. Yeah, it looks thank like you. he's on the way to the golf well, thank course. Thank you so much for coming to the house. No problem, it was on the way to the golf course. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm Ted Lawson, and this is... And this is little Vicky. <laughs> what a pretty little girl. sweetheart oh i can see you've got a real heartbreaker here oh. she's something special all right <laughs> don't try to talk honey just keep that thermometer under your tongue now we're going to listen to that little heart of yours princess Ooh, what a healthy little girl <laughs> look at those broad shoulders Pervert. Normal. Good, good, good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. With eyelashes like those, you could grow up to be a Miss America. <laughs> Not if I can help it. Oh, there he is. She's something of a tomboy. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, uh, that's my office. Can I call him? Oh, certainly. Uh, the phone is right over there on the desk. Oh, thank you. Okay, so this doctor here, definitely he looks like he's dressed to hit the the back nine. He's got a blue button-up sweater. He's got plaid pants. He's got a golfer's... I would call it a golfer's hat because it looks like a hat. Like, back in the 80s, the guys would wear... This guy is not wearing glasses. I thought he might be nearsighted, but he's not. So he does first take out a thermometer to check, you know, Jamie slash Vicky's temperature. And then he's like, oh, no, don't try to talk. Like, he wasn't trying to talk. Because, you know, he, Jamie had turned his head. But then he's like, here, here's my stethoscope. Let's listen to your heart. And then he puts it right at J Jamie's shoulder, which that's not where your heart is. Whoa, you got a strong beating heart. Well, his heart is just a few inches below his shoulder. Try again, but whatever. Let's get this physical over with. So this guy right away just starts making comments like, oh, I can see you have a real heartbreaker here. Of course, if you remember, this is back before they had the digital thermometer. Well, maybe they had them in 1985. I don't know. It's just your typical mercury thermometer. Nowadays, they have thermometers that you can actually just look, put on the forehead or maybe in the ear. And that way you can just avoid the mouth altogether. Yeah, he puts a stethoscope like right at Jamie's shoulder. That's not where the heart is. What kind of doctor is this? And he's commenting on Jamie as Vicky's broad shoulders. This guy... I'm very concerned. I don't want to say that he's a child molester, but the fact that his comments are just getting a little much. He even mentions about the eyelashes and like, you could be the next Miss America. Like, <sighs>
Just do your job. Why you gotta make these sexist comments? So the doctor's gonna make his pager run off. He's gotta make uh, a phone call. So while the doctor's on the phone, Jamie turns to his parents like, Come on, Vicky's shoes are killing me. And of course, uh, Ted's like, Just hang in there a little longer, Miss America. And Joan's like, well, just be happy that Vicky's not wearing a training bra. And Ted just bursts out laughing like, oh, God. Dad, Vicky's shoes are killing me. Hang in there, Miss America. Just because she doesn't wear a training bra. I'll, I'll be right there. I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, I have to be going. Emergency doctor? Yes. If I'm out of that golf course in 10 minutes, they'll tee off without me. I think little cutie pie here is in fine shape. So long, sweetheart. Ew, he just kissed her. What the hell? You sicko? Yeah. That guy's a child molester. How gross can I be? Wearing Ooh. girls' clothes. Oh, don't get too upset, you. Tootsie. <laughs> I mean, Dustin Hoffman almost won an Academy Award for doing it. <laughs> Turns out that guy's gonna be late to his golf game, so he gets out of like, oh, you've got a healthy girl here. And this man kisses Jamie slash Vicky on the face. And I'm like, okay, this guy straight up now is a child, <laughs> clearly a child molester. Do not trust this man around your children. Ugh. That, that was uncalled for. Any doctor who pulled that crap today, your license is getting revoked and you are going to jail. Luckily, the guy just beats it out of there, thank goodness. And Ted makes a joke about, hey, it wasn't so bad for Dustin Hoffman. He almost won an Oscar for this, for his portrayal as a woman. Like, ay ay ay. Okay, now we go to the next scene, which is, congratulations, we just adopted Vicky. Oh, this lady's been working a bit. This is her 63rd adoption ceremony. So she says that the court hearing is several months away, and so for now you can just consider Vicky as your new daughter. This woman has had three outfit changes, since this signifies she's been here now one day, two day, three days. So of course you can't, you're not going to wear the same outfit, you know, the next day or the day after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is my 63rd adoption ceremony. Well, we couldn't have gotten this far without you, Mrs. Fernwald. Oh, well, mind you, the court hearing isn't for several months, but that's just a formality. For all practical purposes, you can now consider Vicky your daughter. Oh, get out of here, Great, just what we needed. Miss Kitty Litter of 
Bonnie, you see, we've uh, legally adopted Vicky. Uh, well, with the help of Mrs. Fernwald here. Adopted her? Oh, this is wonderful. Yes, and could we get on with the ceremony? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. of course. Get out of my house. May we stay? No! <laughs> Wouldn't be the same without you. Dear ones, this placement ceremony shows that the state is satisfied, and so am I. That the Lawson family will give Vicki Ann Smith everything that she needs to grow physically, mentally, and spiritually. Oh, this is so touching. And it could never have happened without my anonymous phone call. Uh, yeah. We knew it was you. Well, I thought it was my civic duty, what with all that's going on with children these days. Get out of my house. She's got a point, Ted. Yeah, I guess so. Well, all's well that ends well. Indeed. And congratulations. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, Jamie. Oh. What'd you do that for? Now I'll need distemper shots. Distemper? <laughs> Vicki, dear, how do you feel about all this? Now I won't have to be dismantled. <laughs> oh, shit! Why don't we dismantle Harriet instead? Sure. So Bonnie, of course, is at the door with Harry and like, hello, hello, and I'm like, do not let her in your house. Of course, they do, because Harriet said, oh, my gift for you is over at the Lawson's house, Mom. So she oh, you threw a birthday party for me. No, we didn't. No, we did not. And it's like, why are you here? We're not giving you a birthday party. This is for Vicky because we legally adopted her. So luckily they go on with the ceremony. Vicky is legally belonging to the Lawsons now. And of course, Bonnie Big Mouth says, oh, if it hadn't been for my anonymous call, none of this would have taken place. And of course she's like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. Like, yeah, whatever. So... Mrs. Fernwald says, Vicky, how do you feel about all this? And she says, now I won't have to be dismantled. And they all look at like, uh, what? <laughs> and Vicky says, well, maybe we can dismantle Harriet. Of course. Why not? <laughs> Harriet with that red, red hair, she's got the palest pale skin of, you know what? No, she's wearing a gray and yellow it almost looks like a bee costume if you traded in the gray stripes for black. Remember that song? What was, um, it was like by Blind Melon. Let me see if I can find it. Yes, yeah, the song No Rain by Blind Melon that had the girl in the bee costume. That's what Harriet makes me think of. That's like yellow really makes her skin look washed out too. But that's pretty much the episode. Um, we didn't see Brandon Brindle, which is just as well, because I hate him as much. Honestly, out of all of them, I, I had to rank them by how much I hate them. Bonnie Brindle. Harriet Brindle. We haven't seen much of Brandon, so I'm going to list him as number three. But then again, if that changes, I might change the ranking. I think Bonnie is going to be straight up number one on that which order of the Brindles do I hate the most list. So... That's the episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with this episode. 
Alright, let's talk real quick about the episode coming for September, Season 1, Episode 11, entitled Child Genius, which aired on November 16th, 1985. Miss Fernwald of Child Services forces the Lawsons to hire a tutor for Vicky. Ugh. But when the tutor gets too excited about Vicky's super memory, Ted gets worried and comes up with an idea for a replacement teacher. Joan? Is it going to be Joan? Because I know that eventually she does become Jamie's teacher, so... I don't know. We'll see. This lady is in, like, three other episodes after the next one, so... They just thought she was so great. Let's bring her back and shake things up. Whenever we think everything's fine, let's bring in the lady from Child Services to uh, threaten to have Vicky taken away from them. Huh. So, all right, everybody. Have a great, great week. Have a great Labor Day weekend coming up. And I will see you towards the end of September with a new episode. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>